Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Jake. I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome back, everybody. Jake, what are you drinking this week? Oh, this week I have the chocolate malt stout by Short Fuse Brewing. It's nice. my weakest beer I think I've drank on this entire show at 5.5%. Uh, as you know, I haven't been recording the percentages, so I can't I think, verify I that. think besides the seltzers, it's the lowest that I've had. And, I, and I'm not going to lie. I've had quite the day. So this week you're not getting a glass out of me. I'm going straight out the can. It's too much extra effort today. Dude, I'm actually really excited about my first beer. The more that I like look at it, the more excited I get. But I'm doing High Water Brewing's Campfire Stout, which is a stout with graham crackers, molasses, and other natural flavors. That sounds looks, like heaven. That sounds like right so up my alley. Good. Yeah, dude. And it's 6.5%. So it's actually kind of light for a stout, but it's just sounds that worries me now after the one that we had that was like six some percent and wasn't so hot yeah we'll see but while we're cracking these open and getting them well i just get a cup poured because i'm way fancier than jake all right even when i have a bad day i still pour you i'm getting a cup uh but anyway uh, while he's walking out to get his glass uh that's the worst part is that the cups are in that liquor cabinet right there. So it took me all of four seconds to go get this cup. Uh, the big thing uh, to hit on really quick before we get into our topics today is that we are still pressing to uh, put out good stuff on social media as well. So continue to follow us at the number two ABG husbands uh, on Instagram as well. And I think Jake mentioned it in our last episode or one of the two of us did, but we're also on iTunes now, thanks to some, uh, in-depth work by Jake to get us onto another platform. And he added the link tree as well. So you guys can access all of our platforms, whether it be streaming the podcast or social media via that one link tree, which is absolutely awesome. Yep. And whether you look at it, watch us on YouTube or check us out on Spotify or YouTube, I put the link tree in the links of all of those in the description. So all of our content can be found in one nice, easy spot here. Might even see us added to another, you know, platform or two here or there. Maybe we look at you know, getting us on iHeartRadio or a couple of the other stuff that's out there. You know, it's a couple extra steps for Jakey here, but nothing I can't handle. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think it's my turn to go first. If I remember, it is right. your it turn. Wrong. To go it is even if it's not, it is your turn to go first because <laughs> we're saying so. All right. So I'll roll into this first with my first topic, unless you have any other admin stuff you want to clean up. I don't think so. I think I hit the social media and everything. So we should be good there. But uh, my first topic that I want to talk about, and it's uh, because we have both very different experiences in this as two average husbands, I want to talk about courthouse versus traditional weddings uh, and just kind of like wedding planning in general and kind of some considerations that made the decision or had us make the decisions that we did make. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to let you go first, kind of tell, you can tell your story, kind of tell what you guys did in general concepts or whatever, and kind of talk about your decision-making and, and why you did what you did. For sure. So for Jess and I, um, from the start, Jess wanted to elope actually. She wanted so, and that actually led to a lot of fights between us, not because I'm like a traditionalist and wanted a wedding or anything, but for whatever reason, I just thought the term elope meant just meant like get married by yourselves. So I figured that Jess and I could just like go to the courthouse and that'd be fine, but Jess wanted to like travel somewhere and get eloped. Um, yeah. so there was a, a couple arguments here and there about that. Um, but we, even if we did have a wedding, we wanted it to be small. Um, so that's what we ended up doing. Obviously we got married during COVID. Um, so things look a lot different than they would have otherwise, but even so we weren't 
like, so the venues were limited to like 50 people. Like that was what we could have based on the COVID guidelines. And even with our like original guest list that we had, it wasn't close to 50. We were at like 40 some people. Like we basically just wanted like our closest family and then our closest friends. And that's what we basically ended up having anyway. We basically had my family, Justice family, and then like three or four sets of our closest friends. Um, all precautions were taken. Every, you know, everything was, you know, handled safely, obviously. Um, but for us, I mean, we just, I, I'm not a big wedding guy for me, like, and just as luckily the same way, like I see what some people that I know personally have spent on weddings or are spending on like upcoming weddings. It makes me want to fucking vomit. I'm like, like we looked at venues, like we thought maybe we'll go somewhere nicer and we'll, you know, not like a country club. We didn't want anything like that. We wanted something more like more unique, a little bit, you know, more out there. Um, but like we looked at a couple of these venues and because of the date that we wanted to get married on, um, we specifically wanted to get married on September 18th, 2020. Um, so that was the date that we got, or that's the date we got engaged on. What day did I get married on Kyle? <laughs> Dude, you can't ask me that question out loud. I can though. You can't. That's embarrassing, my friend. No, nah, I'm playing. Um, but we had a very specific date that we wanted to get married on, um, and we were not going to stray from that date, which was September 18th. Um, and so because of that, our wedding was going to fall on a Friday. If you're not familiar, when you go to book a venue for a wedding, it is much more expensive to do it on Friday, Saturday, just because those are the most yeah, popular dates for of course. Um, so we looked at some of these venues and we were looking at like seven to $10,000 just for the venue. And that was for like, noon to midnight like it wasn't even really that like long of a time so we immediately started looking at other places um, as one does um, and we eventually we rented a pavilion in, in a local like prairie for like 80 bucks for the whole day oh yeah yeah it's just like we were like when you're we're not going to spend that much money on the wedding. And then like when it came to like catering the wedding and all of that, we found a local Mexican restaurant and we just got everybody's specific order. We didn't do like, you have to choose from these three dishes. And if you don't like it, it sucks. We we're just like, what do you want? Here's the menu. Tell us what you want. We're going to order. How big it. of a nightmare was that for you guys logistically and planning though? Like even with 40 people, that's a lot of food to order. Well, cause the, the actual wedding ended up. It, so the actual wedding ended up only being like 20 people. Um, so it wasn't really that hard and we just had everybody write down the order. My brother called the order in before the ceremony started. And then by the time the ceremony was done, it was ready to get picked up. He went and got it and just brought it back for everybody. Gotcha. So it was, it was super basic. It, if it was, if it was closer to that, like 40 or 50 people, Mark, what we would have done is we would have ordered, like we would have uh, rented a food truck, like a taco truck to come and, you know, just have the food on site and make the food for everybody there. Um, which would have been, you know, more expensive, but that was something we were prepared to do. But when we had as few people as we did, we saw no real reason to do that anymore. Um, just cause you're looking at like, you know, 500 to $1,000 for the, for them to just come to you, not counting food costs. And then, you know, for 20 some people, like what, we're all going to eat three tacos. And I spent eight, $800 on 60 tacos. Yeah. Hard pass there. So um, logistically, it didn't end up being too bad. And luckily, like my brother, like I said, my brothers were there. So they were able to be the ones to like went and transported the food. Plus the restaurant that we picked was literally five minutes from the venue. 
I can just picture that being so much of a nightmare as you start adding people to your wedding roster. And then like people that are picky about food and you're like waiting for responses. And I can just, I I can assume that that could get very difficult to cater. Uh, But as long as you have a small wedding, like you said, you did, I can, that's a little bit more manageable at least. But yeah. And like the way that we did it too, is we didn't get anybody. We got a couple people's orders beforehand, but like there were like five or six people who like, we got their order as they showed up. So it was like, it was the food that they were in the mood for. And we had them write down, like if they, like we had one person, uh, one of our friends who attended is a vegan. So they were, you know, a little bit more limited on their options, but they still were able, like, they just wrote down like what they specifically wanted for their food. And we called the the restaurant the day beforehand. And we were like, Hey, we're going to put in a large order. It's going to be for like 20, 25 people tomorrow. Like, do you want that ahead of time? Or do you want is like doing it day of is fine. And the guy's like day of is fine. We can handle it. We don't like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, it did end up being a little bit big of a deal because they forgot my burrito. Um, but it, it ended up being fine. My brother went back and got it. They gave us some, uh, some churros with it. So I'm not going to complain. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all that we really did. Like we were never going to have a big wedding even you know, if everything went as planned, if COVID wasn't going on, it wasn't going to be a big wedding. Dude, I can't even imagine too. And like, if you want to speak more specifically on your experience and how it was impacted by COVID, but I can't imagine having to, like, if I was going to have a traditional style wedding, even a small one, the nightmare of having to replan and consider all of the different health considerations and all of the things that had to go in because of COVID. It's just, I am so glad that I was married before that was ever a factor. And like, I didn't have to worry about any of that. Well, like I know people who are on like their third wedding date. Like, oh yeah. They've, they've had to move their wedding date multiple times because of COVID. They moved it once assuming it'd be gone by, you know, the fall. And then that wasn't the case. And then now they're planning it again for sometime this year, but that still may not even be the case. So they may have to move it again. And luckily for like the, my friends anyway, like the people close to me who have had to do that, the, the venues have been super understanding and they're not taking yeah. new bookings. They're just rebooking the ones that they already have, yeah. um, which is, you know, definitely making things a lot easier for them. But yeah, man, I could, I, I already thought our wedding took too much planning and it, it didn't, we barely didn't like, we barely really had to do anything. Like the yeah. hardest part was like ordering what we were going to do, which is what we're going to do whenever we hold, like, hold like our new wedding, which like we do want to have like a bigger wedding with you know, more of our people, like we wanted you and you and Carly to be there, but obviously with the COVID stuff, you couldn't get there. We wanted Dane there, but with everything him and Bailey couldn't get there. So we ordered this canvas that looks like it's like a wood panel with like a cricketed, you know, the Perry's, you know, the, the, the wedding date on it, we were going to have everybody sign it. And that was Mm going to be like our guest book. Um, so like ordering that was literally the hardest part of our wedding planning. Yeah. So, and you know, it was great. And Jess did a lot of it. And I I do have to thank her a ton for that because I'm not good at planning. Like, quite frankly, it's just not my strong suit. As I, as I alluded to when we talked about the podcast and how it's like, we mentioned doing the podcast, like two months before we actually even sure did really considered doing the podcast. So it's like, you know, neither of us are phenomenal at that. I'm definitely not just as much better. Jess does all of our planning. Carly does too. When we were going to go on our honeymoon to Costa Rica, Jess had planned out every single day. And I was like, I don't know. Dude, tell me. Dude, where I am literally the person that like packs my bag the morning of, mm-hmm. goes up there, forgets my fucking cell phone charger and half my other shit and wherever the fuck I was traveling. And then I go back home and have to rebuy all that shit. Cause I am, 
a terrible planner when it comes to anything really, especially related to travel. Yeah. I trap. So I'm surprisingly good when it comes to travel. Like I pack early, but like my definition of early is like two days before we leave. Dude, I'm so bad. And I could give specific examples, but I'm like so bad at planning for travel that like some of the things that like I have to have when I travel for work on the first three trips, I think that I had to travel for work. I forgot at least one thing that I absolutely had to have with me. And so I was like having Carly ship me shit. I was having to buy new stuff. I was like doing all sorts of ridiculous stuff. The first few times I had to leave for work and it was just, it's, it was embarrassing how under prepared I was for any of those trips. I mean, Hey, we've all forgotten something on a trip. It's, mine was it was pretty bad i forgot some pretty important shit well all right <laughs> it was yeah bad. you beat me for getting like toothpaste yeah yeah dude like things that you could buy everywhere are fine but the, some of the things that i forgot were like you couldn't buy them so i had to have them literally shipped to me like over yeah, you, you didn't have another option just absolutely absurd how unprepared i i can be when it comes to traveling i've done a little bit better more recently but i'm still definitely a last minute planner when it comes to traveling yeah but yeah, let's hear about your wedding experience because I know yours was not over, not extremely different from mine because it's not like our weddings were on the polar opposite end of the spectrum. But I know yours yeah. was. Yeah, I would argue that different. mine was vastly different than yours, actually, uh, for a couple different reasons. The one was that um, we decided because of all sorts of different reasons that kind of went into it at the time, mostly including like work related things that mm-hmm. we we accelerated our timeline and decided to get married significantly earlier than we, we thought we might. And so because of that, we were like, well, we're going to do this. And honestly, work really put the, uh, made a lot of the circumstances of our marriage change from, from like my job. And so because of that, we ended up deciding to get the courthouse wedding. And we, we talked about it several times of like, Hey, we'll, we'll do this. Well, I, I kind of was the one pushing for this. And I think Carly, and she can correct me if I'm wrong in the, in the aftermath of this podcast, but I think she was okay with just doing the ceremony in the courthouse and not doing anything else. And I was kind of one of the people that was like, well, you know, I'd, I'd really like to do some sort of a, uh, not a ceremony, but um, why am I blanking on what it's called? A reception. I was mm-hmm. like, we can do some sort of a reception with all of our friends and some family members after the fact so that people can kind of be involved and we can have a fun time and just kind of like party uh, a little bit for our wedding. Uh, but then after like the farther we've gotten away from that, the more we've been like, we don't really need to do that. And part of it is because we, we did the courthouse wedding. And I think I like lump like total cost for our wedding was like $110 if you don't yeah. include. Uh, so we ended up, we, we actually got married in Alabama, which is kind of hilarious, but we, we got married there. And so if you don't include the airfare to get her there, which was completely unrelated. She was going there anyway. It just happened to be most convenient for us to, to do it there uh, because of work again. So we got married in Alabama in the courthouse. We made an appointment. I like left work, had my, I didn't have a car with me at the time. So my buddy, Andy, shout out to my buddy, Andy drove me to the courthouse to be, and he was like, he had become like my work best friend, but we didn't even really know each other that long. So it was just kind of funny that he ended up like becoming my best man kind of at my wedding because (laughs) Like my brother ended up, oh my God, that's definitely a part of the story that I have to tell. So I'll tell the story about my brother after this. But anyway, so Andy ends up being kind of like my my best man and he comes through and like we ended up having my mom, 
her mom, my dad, and my stepmom, plus my buddy Andy. Those are the only people at our wedding besides us in the courthouse. And we just, we could only have so many people anyway, not because of COVID, just because they limit the attendance. Right. Not that it mattered. I didn't have that many people in town, but we went into the courthouse. It cost me like a hundred bucks, $110 to do the court work paperwork or courthouse paperwork. And then we signed it and we were married, which was absolutely awesome. And uh, Carly didn't uh, spend a little bit of money because she had a nice, uh, she didn't go like all out and buy like a $5,000 dress, but she bought a nice uh, white dress for our wedding that she looked really good in. And uh, she had, I think she, I can't remember if she bought earrings or if her mom let her borrow earrings, but either way, like there wasn't that much. My point is that there wasn't that much investment financially right. for us. And the more we talked about it after the fact, we were like, you know, we don't, we don't see a situation where we are willing to pay a ton of money to have this reception after the fact when we can use that money to travel or do any number of things when, it, and it's kind of funny because we finally like all of this, like planning for travel and like all of these different things kind of came for, to fruition a little bit at the end of 2019 before I had to leave for work again. And we're like, when I get back from my work trip, we are going to go and we're going to finally travel. We're going to, we had plans to go to Disney world cause I want to see the star Wars stuff in Disney world. And we had plans to like start trying a, a tropical vacation and take time off work and all of these different things. And then we, we, uh, we, you know, we have all of these plans and then COVID hits. And so COVID was an absolute nightmare for us when it kind of finally came time for us to utilize some of that, that travel time that we had been saving up and the money that we had been saving for that. But uh, we're finally, hopefully now going to start being able to plan that now a little bit more thoroughly now that we're fully vaccinated. But our goal was just to say, Hey, like all of that money we saved up by not having a more traditional wedding, mm -hmm. we can use that on us. Like we can be a little selfish with that and not pay for like yeah. meals for other people or venues or whatever. We can just go travel and like, we can have, we can invest that money into an experience rather not that a wedding isn't an experience, but we can invest it in like an experience for the two of us rather than an experience for however many guests that you're right. thinking about having. Uh, but because I mentioned it, I want to bring up the the conversation about my brother because it was so fucking funny. My brother, he, I don't even know if he had ever been on a plane. And so my brother is in Iowa and I, I'm honestly, I'm pretty sure he had never been on a plane before now that I think about this, but he had to fly from Iowa to Montgomery where we, where we got married and he, <laughs> he, he gets his fl uh, flight books and everything like that. And he's all set to go and he should have gotten to Montgomery in time to be a part of my wedding. So my plan, right, is to have one of my brothers be like my best man, if you will, at this right. courthouse wedding. And because of the fact that he's never been to an airport before, or flown on an airplane, he put, he's kind of like a, a last minute type person. Like he'll show up to anything like last minute, right? Runs so he family. thought you could literally, yeah. Well, he thought you could literally just show up to the airport last second and just hop on this plane, right? Oh, God. He doesn't like build in time for security or any of this shit. So he shows up and obviously misses his flight because he shows up just so late. And so he's like, well, what am I going to do? Well, they rebooked him for a later flight that night. But at this point, he's obviously going to miss my wedding. Like it's, it's the timing was a pretty narrow window and there's a hundred percent chance he's not going to make it there in time. Right. And so for him, he's still going to come and like hang out with us after the fact, but he's like, well, what am I going to do? And so he messages me. He's like, should I start just like drinking at the airport? And I'm like, uh, uh, if you want, but you're going to have to be a little careful because they like, won't let you on this fucking plane if you get yeah, hammered if you get too drunk and so we're like 
my dad uh was like messaging him at the same time as i was and we we're like please like be like don't do too much in the airport like please don't get too drunk we can't have you miss two different planes otherwise you're gonna miss this entire weekend because what it ended up being is we got married in the courthouse and then we ended up spending kind of like a weekend together between the two of us and then the family right. but it was just like my brother it was just such a fucking hilarious like of course this is gonna happen like you have this narrow window to meet and you like we didn't plan at all to get you to the airport on time and then you miss your flight and then you <laughs> you, you sit in the airport we're like oh he's definitely gonna miss flight number two because he's gonna get hammered while he's sitting in the terminal but thankfully he did end up making it on the second flight and was able to enjoy the rest of the weekend but for us but it was just it was it was so funny just to deal with this entire circumstance yeah man but i mean that's kind of obviously that story is hilarious i'm not gonna lie but like a lot of the things like surrounding our two weddings were very similar and like different like different circumstances kind of impacted the way that everything that went down like Jess was the same way Jess bought a dress for like I want to say like $80 online she bought shoes at like I think they were from Target like there was and like all everything every single thing I wore except for my suspend I wore suspenders and a bow tie that came from Amazon everything else that I went to Kohl's two days before the wedding and I bought a white button-down shirt and I bought khakis yeah, Carly and was I think some shoes she was even completely fine with me doing like an etsy ring that was like not fancy at all she's like you do not need to spend money on a nice ring i did end up buying her kind of a more traditional wedding ring but she would have been completely happy if i would have just bought her some cheapo thing off a of an etsy that didn't did, matter at all does so. she do like the the ring and the band or just just a ring? both yeah she okay both. so jess i we just used her engagement ring which mm. I'm, I'm not ashamed to tell the story i bought her wedding ring on clearance like it was the, it, but it was the exact style that she wanted. It was like everything that she wanted in a ring. I just happened to get a really good deal on it. I think spending like, what's the old school thought? It's like three months salary is yeah, what you're supposed right. to. Yeah. I'm like, no, not spending that on a, a, a ring that knowing my wife, she will lose at some point in her life. She, yeah. and to make that funnier, we have, we both almost lost our wedding rings in the past three days. It was, <laughs> I've lost a bunch of weight. So my ring, like, it's takes like no resistance to get off my finger. And Jess is the same way. Her ring was already like a little big. Um, and then she lost a bunch of weight too. She was like at an adoption event for her dog rescue. And she like flung her hand cause she talks with her hands and like her ring flew off and flew across <laughs> the parking lot. So like, we're going to lose these rings. There was no point in us spending a ton of money on them. Mine is a $20 tungsten ring that I got off of Amazon. Like, you know, we were the same way where we were like, let's not spend this, like this amount of money, like a hundred dollars a plate for a person plus, you know, renting the venue plus paying a DJ or a band plus this, plus that, like my buddy brought a speaker. We hooked our phones up to it. We picked just like a bait, like our wedding song was like bones by Marin Morris, but it was the version featuring Hozier or Hosier. I don't know how to say his name. Everybody yells at me. Apparently I say it wrong. Um, but like, that was our wedding song. So like, that's what we walked down to the aisle too. And then like a different part of the song is like what we walked out of, out of it too. So it was like, there's no point in paying all this extra money for us to still have the same experience of us being the two that matter. We're like, um, I was like, everybody that came to our wedding sat at, on park benches that yeah. like, like picked like those metal, like picnic table bench things. Like that's what the family, like every individual family had their own table. And like, that's what everybody sat on for the wedding. 
it's like yeah. like that that experience is not for everybody else we're sharing it with the people that we want to share it with but like ultimately we were like we just want it to be what we want it to be and we're both very simplistic people and that neither of us need a lot to be happy and Same. that was like just the ultimate like distinction for us we were just like there's no point in spending 10 grand on a wedding like every single penny we could have spent on a wedding, we could spend on a honeymoon and we will love our wedding just as much. And we will love our honeymoon more because we're not also stressed about the 10 grand we just spent on our wedding before going on a honeymoon. Yeah. And for us too, like at the time, it's funny because that you mentioned it, but at the time I was, I was fucking broke dude before, before I, cause I was still in the process of getting the job that I have now which at the time before I got this job, I was making no fucking money at all. I was working yeah. for a cable company. I was working for like not much over minimum wage. I wasn't making very much money. So I, honestly, like when I think back on it, like the money that I made at the current time, I probably did spend around like three months salary on that ring, but like three months of that salary is, is not that much. Yeah. Like, when you're like, like comparing it to what you at, like what you make now, you're yeah, like, I was, that's still nothing. Yeah. I was broke then. And so it, but it, like I said, it, that, that didn't factor in at all for us. It didn't matter. And uh, I think at the end of the day, neither of us look back on that with any gr- regret or anything yeah. at all. Like we, despite it being in a courthouse, it was like, it was a really awesome experience because we had been apart from each other for a little bit too. So like we got to see each other for the first time with her and her dress and me and, uh, um, you know, like my wedding attire. And it was, it was an awesome experience. I think looking back and I don't think either of us would ever look back on that and be like, Oh, I wish I would have done something traditional instead of that. I think we had, a great experience for our wedding with the few people that we really needed to be there, like direct family. Right. And we didn't need to include, although it might've been really fun to have that reception with a ton of friends and everything like that involved. It was just, we got a lot of value Mm -hmm. out of the experience that we did have. And I, I would never look back on that and be like, Oh, nah, I wish we'd have gone traditional. That, that just wouldn't happen for me. Yeah, man. We're, we're the exact same way. Like, people always ask us too, because we got married during COVID, they're like, did COVID change anything? We're like, no, we we're going to have a small wedding. It was going to be at like a pavilion or a smaller place. Anyway, we weren't going to do wedding parties. Like our best friend, Alina is the one who officiated our wedding. And that was the only like person that we had standing up there with us. We, we were holding our dogs. We each had one of our dogs during the ceremony. Like yep. it was perfect for like, it was everything that we could have hoped a wedding would be. Yep. And like, Same. I said it during my vows and like, I mean it hundred percent. Like if I were to do that wedding over, I would do it the exact same way a million times because ultimately it's the person that you're getting married to that matters. It's not the money that you're spending on this extravagant thing. Like, yes, yeah, that that's cool to say. If you have the money to blow on a wedding, blow the money. Do you boo-boo? But like, I love the wedding that I had just as much as if somebody gave me a million dollars to throw a wedding. Yeah, dude, I think- it's crazy to look back on it because it was such a, like a simple experience, but it was a, it was a, I mean, for lack of a better term, like, even if this sounds a little bit like cheesy or whatever, like it was an unforgettable experience for yeah. the two of us, I think. And it was, uh, it was awesome. Honestly, like, yeah, I look back on that with a lot of like positive fond, awesome memories yeah, and I would never, same. I don't know that how much value, I think it might've been honestly, less valuable to do a more traditional style wedding in my opinion just because it would have been so so much less personal because yep. because of like the fact it was it was so close-knit between just the two of us like in uh i think so for our five-year anniversary which is this year we were thinking about well we want to take a trip for our five-year anniversary this year and go somewhere 
hopefully tropical and we might renew our wedding vows just because that's the one thing that both of us were like well we just did the standard wedding vows for ours right. because of kind of like the, the how we planned vibe. it so short notice yeah uh but i think and i think we might go back and do that to make it a little bit even more personal for the two of us when we go on this trip but at the same time it's like it was still so much more personal when you're mm -hmm. not having to cater to an audience or you know get like be constantly worrying about like oh crap we have to get to the reception or we have to worry about our guests right. or anything like that it was literally just like the two of us doing what we wanted and needed to do and then we didn't have to worry about anybody else which was fantastic yeah i mean i literally like again it's going to sound mm -hmm. cheesy to say but like as i'm reading my vows like i'm like crying but i'm also like i'm a guy who doesn't want to cry in front of other people like my parents have seen me cry Jess is like, Jess has definitely seen me cry, but like, that's really it outside of like yeah. funeral funerals and stuff really. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm like in tears, like reading my vows and I'm like, bl I've completely blacked out that there's other people there. Like when you're, and I think that's the thing that people don't always realize too, is like when you're getting married, you're so in the moment of what's going on that like all of that other shit doesn't matter. Like the fucking 20 or 200 people that are at your wedding, like you completely forget that they're there. I was making jokes to them as part of my vows and like still forgot that they were there and were like, they're like laughing and clapping at the shit I'm saying. And I like still just <laughs> like, I have no like frame of reference that they're even there. Like yeah. that's you just get so lost in the moment. And like, I think that's like the big takeaway of like the way that we both got wet. Like we both got married in ways that made us happy yeah and i think that's ultimately what people like you don't need to be like you've seen like the movies and stuff or like my wedding's got to have this because this wedding had like no your wedding is you and your significant other legally deciding the government gets to say that you are together forever but you know even when you take out that legal aspect like you're doing it because you're you're in love with the person that you're getting married to yep yeah a hundred percent agree i don't I think I would just kind of like devil's advocate because both of us were like, even though you didn't do the courthouse thing, you were on the small side of the thing. And like, I don't, I'm not cr criticizing or, you know, like trying to um, change the way people want to do that big traditional wedding style experience. Like I have no problem with that. I think it's, oh, yeah, me neither. it's great if you want to do that. It's just in my opinion, especially growing up the way that I did and kind of like a, a lower income. I think it's, I, I have I had a lot more value on the experience rather than trying to put a monetary uh, value to mm -hmm. the wedding experience. And I just didn't need all of those additional things that went into it. But I, I 100%, I don't have any problem or like issue with anybody that grows up and they're like, I want this big extravagant wedding. Like I want everything to be perfect. Like I don't, I get it. I really do. Yeah. I don't have a problem with anybody doing that. It's just, it, it wasn't what fit our needs. And right. so for us, the courthouse was the way to go. My only regret for my wedding is uh, we got cupcakes uh, instead of donuts. So <laughs> Jess, uh, no, I'm kidding. They, it was great. Yeah. Oh man. I love being married, man. Yeah. It's great. It's fucking man. great. It is Give great. us our podcast name too. All right. Yeah. So that was a great first topic. Mine is definitely, definitely a lot less serious I don't think that topic. was even serious. I was trying to keep this one chill. It's, it is not that serious, but like anytime <laughs> you're talking about marriage and love, like it's going to be a little bit serious. Mine definitely not that serious. Um, I finished my first beer. Um, it's like a five, four, five, four. Wow. It's very, That's it's just, it's, a, it's, it's a stout like that five range. So 
for me, like the five range is like, it is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Six range. You're like, this is getting better. Seven range. You're like, this is really good. Eight range is you're like, damn, I'm going to tell my friends about this. And nine is like, I could drink this every day. Like, like that's kind of how my scale is. And like, that was a stout. That was a chocolate stout. It tasted like chocolate, but it's the thing for me is like, we're doing so many stouts that I keep trying to compare my experience with one versus the ones that I've done previously, which I think is helping me tilt these scales a little bit because I can kind of get into the nitty gritty of like, Hey, was this better than the last one I had in the last episode? Yes. For example, like with this campfire fire stout, it was definitely better than the Deschutes black butt porter, which is the last one I tried because of that. I have to give this one a 7.0 because I don't think it's insanely good. I just definitely think it was better than that one, which means right. I, I don't want to like rank it poorly Makes because sense. I, it, it was good. I would buy this again. Um, I don't think I would go out and like, if I was at a bar and they were serving this on tap, I would order it. I would not probably go buy a six pack of this. Makes sense. But Uh, okay. So my second beer in order, uh, speaking of Deschutes, I'm going with their obsidian stout uh, and Deschutes is out of Oregon, but this is they're nationwide though. A pretty, yeah, we can get them here. I just realized I can't actually see. Uh, So this is the beer. And it is ringing in at a whopping 6.4%. Do I even have a bottle? I have the, uh, it's by Weldworks Brewing, which is out of Greeley, Colorado. Um, But this is the seven layer magic bar stout. Have you ever had a magic bar, Kyle? Uh Uh-uh. You might've and not even know exactly what it is. Um, But it's like a, it's like caramel, coconut, peanut, chocolate. It's butterscotch it's just so it's like one of the most decadent things in the world so i have very high expectations for this beer i'm fully prepared to be disappointed based on the way my day is going i'm fully prepared to be disappointed by this beer but this next topic it's uh definitely not the most serious topic at all and in fact the best part about it is is i'm the only one who gets to see it until i post it on twitter after the fact but kyle i had a cheat day for my diet the other day And there was really only one thing that I wanted during that cheat day. And that was cereal. I don't hear me out here for me. Cereal is very much like a treat. I don't eat it often because it's just a lot of wasted calories for no reason. Like it's not that filling unless you eat like the whole box and then you eat the whole box. And you're like, I just had 2000 calories worth of cereal. And I'm trying to be a little bit more health conscious recently. Um, So for me, cereal is very much like a treat and But also I grew up eating a lot of cereal. So I have very strong opinions about a lot of cereal. So on my left monitor here, I have a tier list with, it looks about, let's see, that's uh, nine, 18, 27 with 33 different cereals on it. Is this on a web browser? Like you have it pulled up? Will you just send me the link on Twitter? Yes. So we're gonna do this tier list. I was saying we were going to do it together and see how much change, like we were going to do one together for the podcast, but then we were also going to post it with our individual ones to see how much like each other's opinion swayed. Dude, you don't understand how vastly different we're going to be on this. I don't think because, we're going to be as different as oh, you think. I'm hundred percent. You know, okay. So you know what my goat cereal is. You make fun of you and Carly have made fun of me for my goat cereal, but like besides that cereal, I think we're probably pretty close. I have 
the oldest man taste when it comes to breakfast foods. Kyle, like, I don't believe in having sweets for breakfast. I am such a fucking old man when it comes to breakfast that I don't I, know. So am I. Maybe, okay. All right. We'll see. We might be close. All right. So do you want to do a combined one and the separate ones, or do you want to just do our own as we let's do our own? Yeah. Okay. Let's do, do it as so we um, we're going to, but let's do it in order. Let's do it in the yeah. order that's here so we can both sure. talk about it. And then yeah. we'll post both of ours and then make, yeah. make the fans vote on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this very first one, it's some kind of Cheerio, but I honestly, is that like apple Cheerio? Uh, it looks like apple cinnamon. I think that's the Apple Jacks version uh, of Cheerios. Yeah. Okay. So that for me is like C tier. Like it's not, I, I'll eat it if you, if that's my option, but like I, I'd pick most other cereals over that. It might be tough to do this. So are we allowed to adjust like as we go along? Because I think, yeah. Oh yeah. It'd be easier for me to go like from like looking through and go favorite to least favorite. But if we're going to do them in order, I think I'm going to have to adjust as we go along. You, you are free to adjust my friend. Just, I don't disagree with you though. I think because you're riding on the edge of like an old man cereal, but you're getting into the sweets, which is kind of like, whatever, man. I don't know. Like I have no interest to buy that cereal, but I think it'd be better than some of these. So I think it's, it's a C as well. Yeah. I think C, C is a very, I think a very fair place for what that. What is Plus, S by the way, in this chart, is it superior or something? Yeah. So S is like your goat, like those, like if it makes it into S tier, that's like your, like your top, we'll say like top three, like try not to put more than three in S tier. Okay. All right. Um, so next one on the list is cookie crisp, which if you were asking child version of me, that was an S tier, but as I've grown up, it's so average that I'm just like, that's a, that's a B tier for me. It's, I still do like some of the sweeter stuff. And again, like I said, Kyle, for me, cereal is like a treat. I eat it. If I eat it anymore, it's basically a dessert for me. So like, if you think of it, like in that aspect, I think B tier is a fair place for that. It's like right in the middle. There's a lot that's better than it. There's a lot that's worse than it. And I'd prefer that over apple cinnamon, pretty much anything. I think I'm having a hard time. Well, I don't totally disagree with what your last statement was, but I'm having a hard time like putting this anywhere besides a C or a D because cookie crisp to me is like so boring. So if I'm going to go for a sweet cereal, it is a hundred percent not going to be cookie crisp. So I'm going to throw it in the C category as well for now. We'll see what if I move that as we go along. All right. Next up on the list is Special K. It looks like just the basic one, which is basically just bran flakes. Yup. And that's like a C tier for me. Kyle's going to throw that in. Really? A tier. There's, okay. I love plain ass fucking branny, weedy bullshit. It's my favorite. I, I do I'll like, probably end up moving that into an uh, into a B, frankly. But for now, I'm going to put it into an A until I move around. I'm sticking that in C tier. Um, Kick cereal. This is like a this is like I think as close as you can get as like a sweet cereal for old men. Like it's not it's not too yeah. sweet. It's got a lot of that. I like Kicks a lot. It's going to be an A tier for me. I think I've only had Kicks maybe like once in my life, so I'm having a hard time even like comparing this to anything. I think I'm going to put Kicks at a B tier. If I can, and honestly, as an Iowa person, the fact that they have a corn related label, like, I feel like I have to put that above us. You feel like you're like obliged. (laughs) I am obligated to do so as I'm sitting here, I'm already, like you said, I'm going to make some adjustments because I'm looking at the rest of this list. I'm moving the apple cinnamon Cheerios down to D. I honestly just thinking the same thing. And because I'm going to put apple jacks at a C really, I'm I'm also putting apple jacks at D. The I say only, that because I think Apple Jacks is a better cereal than 
whatever the fuck apple cinnamon Cheerios are. And I actually really like Cheerios. I just have a feeling that that is going to be a terrible version of Apple Jacks. I don't really like Apple. So the only cinnamon cereal that I've ever liked, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which I think everybody likes Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Fuck off. I think it's fine. Um, uh, Cinnamon Life. Cinnamon Life is so good. Cinnamon Life is so good. If that was it's, on this list, that's a goat. It's not on this list, but I might have to also put it in S tier. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Corn Flakes. I think even old people don't. Okay, yeah, never mind. We are so different on these lists. Cornflakes. I'm I'm gonna put it next to C because there's like there's nothing that really differentiates it from Special K for me. But I like the versatility of cornflakes. I've gotten real creative with my cereal in my life. Yeah, I might actually like cornflakes more than Special K. I love like brand cereals so much. I'm thinking that's what Special K is. It's brand flakes. Yeah, but Special K for whatever reason is kind of like a. Uh... Like corn flakes is like a no kidding, like really branny flavor. Yeah, true. And special K kind of keeps it a little bit lighter. Like it's more of a, it's kind of like a honey bunches of oats where you kind of have that like lighter, just like crunchy, like almost flavorless shit with the exception of some honey flavors. So I think I'm going to reverse those. I'm putting special K to B and corn flakes at an A. Okay. Okay. Um, disagree. I think they're pretty much equal, but let, we'll let bygones be bygones here. Count Chocula. I'm going to be frank and say, I don't think I've ever had this in my life. I think I might have once as a child. I'm going to put it in the D category. I it's, just don't give a fuck. About it's, cho- chocolate. it's chocolate cereal. So I'd probably l- at least like it. So I'll put it in C tier for now. Next up is Cap'n Crunch. I think Cap'n Crunch is definitely better than everything that I have in the C category. So I'm going to move Cap'n Crunch to a B and I'm going to move Kicks into a C. Captain Crunch is going up to an A for me, and Kicks is going down to a B. Captain Crunch is so good. And there's another Captain Crunch on this list, even though, oh, just kidding. Crunch Berries is on the list too. This list is going to get weird real quick. Rice Checks is next. I fucking love Checks A. Yeah. Pretty much any I love Checks cereal. so much. Pretty much any Checks cereal that I've had has been good. And I'm do go Checks Mix. True true obviously we can't put that in this category but i love checks next is uh peanut butter captain crunch yep. i'm a fucking slut for peanut butter i fucking love me some peanut that's butter. an s tier cereal right there Ooh, peanut- i don't agree with you but i will say that it made me want to put captain crunch peanut butter at a b and move regular captain crunch to a c all right that's fair i can i can respect that um, our next cereal, it, it shows the honey bunches of oats with almonds, but I'm going to make an audible here and it's going to be the honey rust, honey roasted, honey bunches of oats. And that right there is the goat of goats. That is the ultimate cereal. The, I like, actually really like honey, honey bunches of oats with almonds. And I would still put that in one of my top tier categories, either an S or an A I'll drop it in an S for now, but I like the one with almonds. I do too, but the hunt, like just the, str- I'm a, a, the, a, so I'm a slut for two things, three, th- four things, five things in life. Um, <laughs> so I was saying that I was like, wait, wait, wait. But two of those things are both cereal related. One of those is peanut butter and the other one is granola. Like good, I like granola. Re- I really good granola. I could eat an entire fucking bag of it. And the honey, like the honey roasted granola clusters in the honey roasted honey bunches of oats. 
it's, it's the best cereal that I've ever had. If I want cereal in my life, it's that cereal. If I had to pick one cereal to eat for the rest of my life, it's that cereal. And it's not close. Like that is the goat of goats for me. Rice Krispies. This is going to break my mold of sweeter cereals up top. And that's an A tier cereal for me. I I grew up on the same page with you. I love Rice Krispies because I actually love Rice Krispie treats. Not necessarily the cereal itself. I think the cereal itself, and now that I'm thinking about this, I probably should put it a B because it's it's fine, but I love Rice Krispies treats. Nah, this is a this is a clear A-tier cereal for me. I maybe it's because I grew up on it and we would always do like so my parents like really let us kind of be creative growing up when it came to our, our food. So what I would do is which is something I've, I've carried on later in life where now if I eat cereal, I try and be a little bit healthier with it where I use like pro like I'll make like a protein shake and I'll use that as my milk for the cereal just to make just it like almond milk or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cashew milk. That's uh, we could have a whole conversation about nut milks and how I've been exploring those recently and cashew milk slaps. Um, th- there's a YouTuber that I watch. He makes a lot of <laughs> nut milk jokes there. And uh, that parlayed me into trying cashew milk. That's pretty good. I like So when we were younger, we used to make, um, it was like a a, a vanilla cinnamon milk. So kind of like horchata. And then we would use that as the base for our Rice Krispies. So it would be like crunchy horchata cereal. And it was so good. All right. The next one on the list is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And Jake said everybody loves this shit. I don't. I, Um, I I think it's at best a C tier. And I'm realizing that I'm putting a lot of shit in the C tier. So I'm gonna have to reorganize this, but I'm going to put it there for now. Yeah. I think I like c- cinnamon cereals. I'm with you in the fact that you don't like cinnamon cereals. And it surprises me that you do like cinnamon toast crunch. Cause it's, I, think it's I don't just, think, I don't think it tastes that cinnamony. I get more of like a brown sugar flavor with it. It's just a cinnamon. fucking ton of sugar. Yeah. With like a flavorless crunch. Like I said, Kyle, Dude, cinna- kids would look at this list and throw up when they see my list. They'd be like, what the fuck is this guy thinking? But I, I don't like that cereal. You got to remember, Kyle, I view cereal as like a dessert more than a breakfast food at this point in my life. Yeah. Um, Next up, though, Frosted Mini Wheats, probably the most underrated cereal in the S category. Agreed. It's it's because I'm an old man. But if I'm going to be an old man with have like a sugary flavor, Mini Wheats is one of my go tos. I fucking love Frosted Mini Wheats. S tier for me might be the one thing that I end up bumping down out of S into A, but I love Frosted Mini Wheats. Frosted Mini Wheats. Um, so I'm also adjusting within the tier. Um, so like the farthest to the left are the best of that tier, in my opinion. So Mini Wheats for me is like the top of the A tier. It's like teetering on an S tier. And yeah. the more I stare at this list, the more I'm wanting Frosted Mini Wheats and I might bump down the peanut butter Captain Crunch. I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll see. Um, next is honey nut Cheerios. I think another one of the most overrated or underrated cereals out Agreed. there. That's also going to be, that's going to be like right behind frosted mini wheats for me. I disagree. I think it's right. Oh man. I don't, I almost don't disagree with you. It's right on the edge. Yeah. It's like, me. it's, they're so Wait. close. Yep. And they're both like just slightly sweet, but maintaining my old man flavor taste palette. And so I, I like both of them. I'm throwing in the S category as well. Something's going to move out of there eventually. So fat kid in me, um, you're not going to like it probably, but you might. You you have to take a half bowl of the frosted Cheerios and a half bowl of the peanut butter Cheerios. And then you mix it together. I don't know it's that I've actually- ever had peanut butter Cheerios. 
I hadn't either until I tried this combination at my friend's house one time, and it is delicious. I just downgraded kicks, by the way. My C category is getting too big, and I don't, I just have no connection with kicks. So it's now in the D category. That's fair. Um, next is Reese's Puffs. I think, and part of the, my acknowledgement here is that Reese's Puffs is one of those cereals that I do actually like uh, in terms of a sugary cereal. So I'm going to bump that into the B category. Yeah, it's going into A for me, and it's bumping Rice Krispies down to B. Okay. Uh, next is Rice Krispie Treats. I've never had this. I can't read yeah, it. I'm putting it in I, the D category. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the same just out of pure never had it before. Plain Ass Cheerios is next. I actually don't hate Plain Ass Cheerios, but I don't love them. I'm going to put it at the bottom of my C category. Yeah, it's going the exact same spot for me. It's it's fine, but I'd rather like I'd rather have like cornflakes. I'd rather have like just straight bran flakes than that. Yeah, agreed. Lucky Charms. This is going to be probably the most controversial opinion I have on this entire episode. Lucky Charms is D tier trash cereal. I really? Hate I hate like those marshmallows. Get the fuck out of here. No, they're trash pieces of cardboard that they put sugar on. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't hate your opinion. I really don't. And I think you might've just convinced me and swayed me. And I think I'm going to throw them in the D class as well. I think it's just so common for to have lucky charms that it's one of those i don't even know if it's common it's just like everywhere you go you can get lucky charms dude i had lucky charms in multiple different countries now and i can tell you that they're all over the fucking place and so it's just like a commonplace cereal but i agree with you next is cocoa krispies which i think is the if you're going to eat a chocolate cereal i think it's the best chocolate cereal you can eat that being said it's gonna go like middle of b tier for me i'm not a huge chocolate guy in general so it's like, right, it's like in the middle. I'm in the same as you. I'm not a huge chocolate person because I'm going to put that in a B category as well, though. I think I have to move regular Rice Krispies to the C category. I can't keep them in the same category because they're so vastly different. So I'm going to, I'm going to bump Rice Krispies down. I have, I have Cocoa Krispies ahead of Rice Krispies. But again, it's one of those where like I could flip them one way or another. Fruit Loops, again, it, they, they don't really do it for me. It's going to be like bottom of my C tier. I think I have to go, yeah, I'm going to have to put them at least in the C tier here because I think Fruit Loops are significantly better than Lucky Charms, but I don't think that they're great. Yeah, it's it's just whatever. Another, this might be the most fucking controversial opinion that I have as I just talked about how much I love Bran. You I don't like Raisin, Raisin Bran? Bran is the fucking worst. I love Raisin I Bran. Eight raisins and cereal. It's just a fucking cold chewy piece of shit in my cereal and i don't even like dislike raisins i just fucking hate raisin bran i love raisin bran hate it that is crazy for me that's a that's like an a tier cereal for me oh my god it's like the bottom of my it's okay i just moved cinnamon toast crunch to the bottom i'm moving cinnamon crunch toast crunch to b tier as like as you said we're getting deeper in this list and things need to change but raisin bran's like bottom of my a tier for me it's so good i grew up so i but that was like that was legitimately the cereal that I grew up on. It was my mom's favorite. So like by law, it was also my favorite. I like Raisin Bran Crunch more, which is not on this list, which has less raisins in it. But do you know what my favorite cereal was growing up that's not on this list? I bet you can guess. I'm trying to look at this list. It's and... not on this list at all. It's def- It would never be on this list. Is it Grape Nobody Nuts? Would... Yes. 
Grape nuts slap. Dude, my grandpa ate grape nuts all the time and I fucking love grape nuts. So they were, they were, I, back when I was a kid, if I eat them now, I wouldn't have to do this, but to make them like more palatable as a kid, my parents, I feel like every kid in the Midwest had these. Did your parents have like a combo thing that was like cinnamon sugar and brown sugar that you would shake on toast? So we would put that on the cereal. We would put that on the grape nuts to give them like a little bit of flavor, but grape nuts are good. People talk shit, but they're missing out. Yeah, dude. I fucking love grape nuts. All right. Next is golden crisp. Again, I don't really think I've had this one in my life. I have, and I actually really like golden crisp. Hmm. I'm going to put them in the B category. And because of that, I'm going to bump. Fuck. This is tough. I did. So I, think I, I think I misranked cornflakes. I think I'm going to have to bump cornflakes down. I'm going to put peanut butter crunch up. Mini Wheats just bumped peanut butter crunch for me. I love frosted mini Wheats so fucking much. I agree. I think cornflakes has to be in the B category though, uh, as opposed to where I had it previously. Like I think my A category was pretty fucked. My categories are all pretty balanced. I have one, so I have five in A, B, C, and D, and then I have a sixth in B, and then just two in S. I just don't have very many in the S and A category yet, and I'm. I've got a couple left in this list that are going to be there. So we'll see where I go from here. All right. Fruity Pebbles. You want me to ruin Fruity Pebbles for you? Sure. If, if you do like them, the flavor of every single Fruity Pebble, it's, it's, a, it's an artificial grape flavor. It's not the different flavors of grapes that you hear. It's artificial grape. It I is, don't have any particular preference for Fruity Pebbles. I think it's definitely better than or worse than Cocoa Krispies. So I'd put it in the C category, I think. Fruity Pebbles is the top of my C category. They, yeah, I think I that to me is like the category. best of like the mediocre cereals. Like after that one, you start to get into the really good stuff. But like that's like C is like mediocre for me. This list that we're using doesn't have an F tier, by the way. If it did have an F tier, that would Fruity Pebbles would probably be like a low B because I'd have some of these cereals in F. Um, yeah. And I, I have just, a lot of... It's, it's unfortunate because I have so many cereals actually in the C and D category just because I don't fucking like sugary cereal, but whatever. Be that way sometimes. Next is Cocoa Puffs. A, another one of those cereals I think is wildly overrated. I think it's worse than Cocoa Krispies, but I don't think it deserves to be in the D category. I think it's fine. I think I'm going to go C, low C. I'm going to put it in C, but I'm going to bump regular Cheerios down to the top of D tier. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I have to agree with you there. Next up, Frosted Flakes, delicious. Okay. Top of my B tier. I'd put them at the bottom of my B tier. Top of my B tier. I'm pretty confident in that one too. Next up is Crunch Berries. I think Crunch Berries is worse than peanut butter, Captain Crunch, obviously. But better Better than than regular. regular. So it's going to go in the B since I moved peanut butter to an A. So uh, – I have all three Captain Crunches in my A tier, but the order of that is Captain Crunch. The basic one is the worst berries. And then I've got honey nut Cheerios in the middle and then peanut butter. Next is raisin brand two scoops, which is the one with extra raisins. And that one to me is like a bottom of a C tier. It's too many a fucking F tier. I would put it there. It's it's bottom of my D tier. Fuck the raisins. Yeah, I don't inherently 
Oh, okay. Hold on. Add a row below. We can add an F tier. Where's I'm at, that at? I'm at. So click on the the little cog next to at the end of D tier, yeah. and okay. there's add a row below. And I'm gonna make that one. Nope. Hold on. Um, what color is your? Whatever you tell me, what color to put? It's D for me, by the way, not F. Uh, well, you can add one after the D. And well, that would make be E. F. Right. No, you do it. You do an you do an F. Like it's it's like grades in school. Oh, okay. I'm putting that as like this weird light purple color. Light purple. I think I see what you're saying. And I'm making my A tier a light blue because I like light blue. My B tier. Oh, is motherfucker! Be it just changed my that orange color. What? That, what's? What's you have D? To, you, you have to. Uh, yeah. So that's what I was asking. Is like, what? What was your original D tier color? I'm gonna do that green. That light. That uh, the right of the two greens is gonna be my D tier. Okay. So what's going down into F tier is Lucky Charms and then the two that I haven't had. I think we could also add another one and say like haven't had. Uh, Yes. Which I'm going to do. Add a row below. Haven't had. What color you make that? That one I'm going to make. Yeah. Light gray or dark gray. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm going dark gray. Haven't had. I'm still going to put fucking Raisin Bran double scoop into F. Because I know I would hate it. I have Yeah. Um, okay. So now that this is here, Apple Jacks and those are going there. Raisin Bran, you're going down to F tier. That Raisin Bran's going down to F tier. Rice Checks, you're going D. Corn Flakes, you're going to D. Okay. I'm. All right. That balances with, out a little bit better. All right, yeah. I'm happy with my changes. All right. Honeycombs. I think honeycombs are really good. Suck. But. <laughs> I think honeycombs sucks. I think they're good, but compared to like everything else I have on the list, they're going to go like smack dab in the middle of C tier for me. I think it's at the closer to the top end of a D category, in my opinion. I think it's whatever. Um, next is tricks. I that's like the epitome of like good. It, it's like the epitome of like an average cereal for me. Tricks are kicks with a slight fucking fruity flavor. So I'm going to put tricks at a D. And kicks at an F. Tricks is going to be the top of my D tier just because I think they're better than Cocoa Puffs. I'll have to reorganize within the individual tiers in a minute, but uh, all right. Pop, this, pop this is probably my most controversial opinion. I think Pops is my S tier. I love Pops so much. Pops is Pops is an A tier cereal. I've it's, loved Pops since I was a kid. It's not my S tier. So now that I'm looking at my S tier, though, I feel comfortable putting. I'm going to put Honey Nut Cheerios up in S tier. I think I like it more than Peanut Butter Captain Crunch. Yeah, so in my S tier so far is Pops, Honey Nut Cheerios, Frosted Mini Wheats, and Honey Bunches of Oats. And because I have four up there, I think I'm going to bump Honey Bunches of Oats down. Damn shame. I'm I'm going to go Honey Bunches of Oats, Rice Checks, and then Peanut Butter Captain Crunch. All right. That's fine. Cocoa Pebbles, no different than Cocoa Krispies to me. They go Agreed. right next to each other. I don't even know where I put Cocoa Krispies. Okay, there they are. Yeah, I guess I put that as a B. I don't know if I necessarily agree with my own opinion there. But And then last is Honey Snacks, which I know I loved as a kid, but I probably haven't had them in 10 years. So they're yeah. going to go like, mm, I think I'd, I've, if I were to eat a cereal right now, I would probably eat those over Count Chocula. So that's going to go like at the end of C tier, like right above the end of C tier for me. I think honey smacks are better than golden crisp. 
So I'll put honey smacks in a B and move honey or golden crisp to a C. All right. Well, that's the list. So quick run through of mine. So my S tier is honey bunches of oats, frosted mini wheats and honey nut Cheerios. My A tier is peanut butter, Captain Crunch, Pops, Crunch Berries, Captain Crunch, Reese's Puffs and Raisin Bran. My B tier is Frosted Flakes, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Cookie Crisp, Cocoa Krispies, Cocoa Pebbles, and Rice Krispies. My C is Kicks, Fruity Pebbles, Honeycomb, Special K, Honey Smacks, and Count Chocula. My D is Tricks, Cocoa Puffs, Fruit Loops, Rice Checks, Corn Flakes, and Cheerios. My F is the Apple Cinnamon Cheerios, Apple Jacks, and Two Scoops Raisin Bran. Uh, with Lucky Charms being the, if I could put it off the chart into like a, a dumpster fire category, I would, but it's, it's dead last. And I haven't had the Rice Krispie treats or Golden Crisp. Okay. Uh, I'll read mine quick. S tiers, Pops, Honey Nut Cheerios, and Frosted Mini Wheats. A tiers, Honey Bunches of Oats, Rice Checks, and Peanut Butter Captain Crunch. B tier is Honey Smacks, Reese's Puffs, Corn Flakes, Special K, Rice Krispies, and Cocoa Pebbles. Same thing, Frosted Flakes and Captain Crunch Berries. C category is Golden Crisp, Cookie Crisp, Apple Jacks, Captain Crunch Original, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Regular Rice Krispies, Fruit Loops, Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Puffs. D category is Honeycomb, Cheerios, Original, uh, The Count Chocula, Lucky Charms, and Tricks. F is both varieties of Raisin Bran and Kicks, and I haven't tried... I don't, I'm pretty sure I haven't tried the apple cinnamon Cheerios or the Rice Krispie treats. All right. You, I might you adjust it, this folks. a little bit to like align this up within the categories, but that it should stay relatively the same before I post this. Nice. We will both download these and we will post these on the Twitter page for y'all to vote on. And the loser has to, I don't know, eat an entire bowl of their least favorite cereal on next week's episode. <laughs> Or on you the next hear me on, fucking eat on the next live episode that's what the mute button's for all right, all right. well i'm giving my beer that is okay a 6.7 it's just mediocre fine to me nothing crazy exciting mine is pretty solid um it's very coconutty so you have to like coconut I, I to like it that, yeah um i'm gonna give it a 6.9 i think that's i think that's a nice spot for it it's like it's not quite a seven okay all right. Okay. All right. What's your next topic here, Kyle? All right. My next topic is something probably on the light side uh, that I don't think is going to last too long, but we'll, we'll kind of cover this quickly. And I just wanted to talk about it because of the fact of like how we originated our friendship and the way that uh, we've gone with this podcast. I just want to talk about in any way, shape or form, how awkward it is to make friends as an adult. Oh my fucking God, dude. It's the worst. <laughs> Oh my, like my friends where I live are like my coworkers, which not to knock my coworkers, my coworkers are phenomenal people. I love all of them, but like, bro, I'm not, I'm a homebody. I don't like to fucking do anything. I'm not going out to bars. And if I do at the bars, I'm not trying to make friends. Yep. Like I inevitably make friends with the guy who sits next to me at the bar top. Cause I'm going to convince him to buy me a couple shots at some point, but like, I don't like, I don't go out to make friends. Like the closest I've come to making like random friends in the past, like four years is like when I played softball and like, I just joined random leagues as like a, like a free agent. 
and like they just assign you to a team and like i meet those guys and like we go out for drinks afterwards but like it's just weird like like we luckily had like the video game thing which like i think is probably the way i'll make most of my friends until i'm like 35 and forced to do other shit with my life but like i just don't like i'm also not a guy who needs a lot of friends like i comfortably i would say i have like without counting couples as two, I would probably say I have like 10 friends. And that's a, like a, that's a, that more than enough for me. Yeah, I don't know that I would even say that many anymore, especially since I've moved out of my hometown. Like I'm completely separated from where I grew up. And so for us, it's maybe like six, seven people that we regularly hang out with at best. And the, the hardest thing, for me, and honestly, it'd be interesting to hear Carly's perspective on this and have her talk about this topic as well. But at least for me, I have, like you said, coworkers where I can have, I can make friends with coworkers. Not all of them are people that I'm going to hang out with outside of work or anything for various reasons, but at least I can have like friendly relationships and social relationships with some of these people that I work with, no matter where I am. But at the same time, it's like, they're never going to be your or more than likely they're never going to be like your best friends uh, just because of the dynamic of work and everything that's really, that goes into that relationship as a whole. So I have several of like, like work acquaintances. Uh, I would say that like some of them, like I hang out with outside of work and like, we have a great time, but they're just not like, some of them are not like best friends. They're just people that I hang out with outside of work because of mutual experience or the fact that we're like, you know, we live close to each other or whatever, you know, uh, there are some definitely though, that are, are good friends of mine too, that I've made through work for sure. Over time, like yeah. my buddy, Andy, that I mentioned earlier in the episode that went to my wedding with me, he still comes and visits us every once in a while. And uh, another guy that I'm going to go to his wedding from work that like, you know, good friends for sure, but not everybody's going to be that. And so for us, like you said, like we don't go, if we go out to the bars it's typically in a group setting already. Yeah. So like you said, I'm not going there to to meet friends. I'm going because I have a couple friends or work acquaintances or whatever that I'm going to go hang out with and have a, like a little bit of social time. And I'm not there to meet new people. So for, for me, because of like the dynamic factors of my, of my work that I just kind of meet people wherever I go. And like, you kind of make, make friends, but I don't know that I've outside of like college, and then obviously video games. I don't think I've made like permanent lifelong friends very often. Yeah. It's been just a couple here and there uh, that, that I'll probably stay in touch with for, for the long term, no matter where I end up. And it's just so weird as an adult, because like you said, you don't go, I don't go to a bar and be like, Oh, I'm going to go meet a bunch of new people tonight. I'm like, I'm going to go have a few drinks with a couple people that I know and have a good conversation. Then I'm going to piece the fuck out and go home. Or I'm going to go get hammered tonight because I had a rough like week at work. And some of my buddies from work are going to get hammered too, because they also had a rough week. And then we're going to go home and pass that, you know? Yeah. Like it's a different dynamic as an adult. Yeah. It's, and it's like, it's one of those things too, where like, it's, it's really weird. Cause like when I was in high school, I was the guy who always wanted more friends. And then like, as I've grown up, I was like, I kind of don't mind having less friends. Like it's, yeah. You kind of close it, the circle up a little bit as you, as you grow away from college or from high school. And I think now I definitely have a ton of acquaintances, Yeah, but I have way less friends, 
But I, yep. I again, I, it's one of those things where it's like, I appreciate it more because like, if I consider you my friend, like that means we have like, not to sound weird, but like a legitimate connection, like a little a legitimate reason that we get along so well that we want to hang out with each other. Yeah, agreed. And like, there's a lot of people that I, I like their presence. I like hanging out with them, but I'm, to be frank, I'm selfish and I'm not going to go out of my way to hang out with them all that often. The big thing is like, when it comes to like making friends as an adult, right? You end up doing a lot of, if you're the person pushing for the relationship, you end up doing a lot of that work on your own, carrying the burden of like, Hey, I'm going to make these plans and I'm going to ensure these plans happen. And you, you end up putting in so much more effort as an adult to make things happen, especially since you're not like going to school together or like geographically located necessarily right next to each other. Like for me, some, some of the best friends that I've made in this town, like 30 minutes away. And so for us, it's like, you have to dedicate time and moving around and meeting somewhere or whatever, you know, like there's, there's a lot that goes into it to, to maintain friendships with people outside of like, Hey, I'll see you at school tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's like, it it definitely changes as you, as you get out of that high school college mentality. And it, it it makes, makes you second guess, like how much effort you're going to put into those relationships, which is why you're, I think your circle grows so much smaller because you're like, well, I'm willing to put us a lot of time into meeting up with person X, Y, and Z, but definitely not A, B, and C. Like if it happens, I'll hang out with those guys. Great. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to put in the extra effort to go spend a ton of my time to meet up with these people. Well, I, and I think that's the big thing is like, once you start to get more like, like spread, like geographically just spread out from your friends, like that really like is when your true friendships show. Like I have friends that I don't see that often. But we Snapchat every day. We still talk, you know, pretty frequently. And even though he lives like, I think from where I live now, he's probably like an hour and a half away from me. Like, I don't see him as often as I should. A lot of that has been due to COVID stuff too, especially recently. Um, But like, I would still consider him a friend. And like, I would go out of my way to see him. But there's so many of my friends that I, friends that live 35 minutes away from me. And I'm just not if I see them, when I see other friends of mine, I'm like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And we catch up and we have a great time. But like, and then there's friends like you and Dane, where like you guys literally live on almost the opposite side of the country from me. And I will make time to go on week long trips to see you guys. Like that's the interesting thing is like from a video game perspective, right? Like the reason that it's, it's made it so easy for us to make I think long-term friendships over video games is because it's so convenient for us Yep. where you don't have to add in all that extra time consideration of like meeting up with other people. Like we literally just like we're one fucking click away from hanging out, like whether that be, you know, which is typically a virtual hangout, but it's still, it's like we can communicate very quickly over the internet. Yeah. We in hop in Discord. video games or discord or whatever, or like this podcast, right. Where we can spend this time where we're like hanging out and bullshitting very easily, which allows you to, quickly and even if it doesn't happen quickly it just is an easier opportunity for you to build those relationships over time with minimal effort like it's very it doesn't take much for me to hop into discord and bullshit right like so it's it's an easy process for us as adults to just use technology to our advantage in order to kind of facilitate some of those friendships which and then turns into us coming to visit you you coming to visit us dane coming to visit us us going to eventually probably visit dane but it's like all of these, it makes those experiences much more worth it when we've been able to like, kind of like slow crawl 
the building blocks of like a friendship over three years and this convenience factor of using the internet. And so it's just, I think it's interesting how much easier it can be to make long standing relationships via video games or the internet or what have you, as opposed to like those in-person relationships where like a lot of my coworkers have kids. Right. And so like, we don't, it's difficult for them to carve out the time to hang out. And like, there's a lot more planning that goes into it. And like all this other shit that goes into that, as opposed to me hanging out with like my two best video game friends where I'm just like, yo bro, you want to play? It's like, yep, I do. Sweet. See you in fucking 30 seconds. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's well, definitely I, a convenience factor that contributes to that. And I think like for, like for most people, I don't know about you, but like Dane definitely got it when he was going to visit you for the first time. Like even kind of Carly was like, they're coming here for a whole week. I hope yeah, they're as cool yeah. as I hope they're as cool in person as they are online. But I think yeah. video, I think video games has for us anyway. We know who each other are. Like we've spent so yeah. much time together. I've spent more yeah. time playing video games with you over the past two years than I have in person with any single one of my friends. Hundred percent, especially and, because of COVID. Yeah, especially because of like. But even if COVID wasn't a thing, like I still feel like that's how the numbers like would work out for yeah. me. Like just the, like, I don't love going out. I don't like going and drive, like, especially where I live, all of my friends live 40 minutes to an hour yep. away from me. Yep. So to do anything, I have to commit two hours just to driving. So that yep. means even if we go to the bars or anything like that, I can have like two or three drinks tops. Yeah. And then I'm like, I need to stop at McDonald's on the way home. And, you know, <laughs> yep. depending like, on the circumstances of like just the general climate, when you come here to visit us, by the way, you may or may not see this. Like my, my guess is that we're not going to go out at all just because of yeah. COVID. But if some miracle happened and we were able to go out, you'd see the same thing here. Like we don't, we hate driving downtown. Yeah. Parking's a fucking nightmare. You have to yep. pay for Ubers. Yep. Like, oh, it's just so we're, much shit goes we're into on the going same the page drink. here. We're on the and exact can, same page here. I can sit in my fucking backyard and have great beers and like a good conversation. And I've got a fucking, I, our backyard's awesome. You like, we could have a better time in our backyard than we could in. We're going to combine your topic into my topic because my topic was very similar to what you just said there. Yeah. Awesome. I'm about it. A big reason why I hate going out too is the prices of alcohol at bars and restaurants is fucking absurd. Yes. It's insane. Jess went to this winery the other day, just with one of her coworkers and everybody's all vaccinated. It's socially distanced. Um, and they got this, like they were going to this winery. It like advertises itself as like, I don't know if it advertises itself as a winery, but it's like a wine place. So you're thinking like, Oh, I'm gonna have nice wines. It's the same fucking wines that we go to Benny's and we buy for $9 a bottle. <laughs> yeah, and it's $8 a glass at the restaurant. That's another reason why I hate going out is like you're saying, I'd rather sit in your backyard with my fucking feet in the pool yep. and just slugging really nice, really great tasting beers. Yeah. As opposed or to going or whatever. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to going to a restaurant and paying fucking $8 for a Miller Lite. Yeah. I just, I did some quick maths really quick for my, for myself here, based on, based on your topic here. And the funny thing is, is so I just Googled like how many shots are in a 750 milliliter, 750 milliliter bottle of, of alcohol. And then you pull up a quick little calculator there and you turn, it says 17, right? So if you take 17 and I think prices are going up would be my guess. I haven't been out in a while, but 
Uh, I think when I was in college, like you probably pay like 325 to 350 for a shot or like yeah. a mixed drink, right? So you're like, you're not really paying for the filler, you're paying for the alcohol. But if you take, so if you take 17 just times four, right? You have $68 that they're getting for a bottle of like bottom shelf bullshit liquor. And that's, I, to, to me, that price that you pulled up is generous. Cause if we go out anywhere around us, a shot of like, shitty gold tequila is like eight bucks yeah like, it's not nearly as bad here but it's it's i'm sure it's well inflated over this i just i just throw out a guess but yeah right? and so but even think- that like like you're saying it's 68 dollars. say you're doing like tito's vodka which i think is a it's my favorite vodka it's if i'm going to drink a vodka i'm going to drink tito's a bottle of tito's is like a lot of the times we can get it for like 18 19 dollars 22 is like I wanted to know us and yeah it's 1897 is the average price yeah it It, so I'm paying three times the markup in theory and I'm not drinking a whole bottle at home or I'm not and I'm not drinking a whole bottle at the bar but like you're actually close to a four times markup yeah I'm fucking alcohol you're like three yeah so it's like three and a half times markup for for nothing like because you made the drink for me like I'll sit at my house I'll pour my own shots I'll pour my own fucking chasers i'll i'll muddle everything myself if i want to get fancy like it's not i hate not going out shit today. on the bar and restaurant industry though because i do understand that they have overhead yes i get that i totally get that but so i'm the, not the guy who's going to pay that yep so typically like right they're using their alcohol prices to pay for employees yep. djs and bar, you know whatever like i get it that there's overhead so i'm not like shitting on the bar industry for marking up their prices you have to do what you have to do and i think frankly it's going to get worse after covid after these guys a lot of them have been closed so oh, I, think I agree to see an increase in prices there and i don't blame them for that no process. not at all i, I just, don't as an I adult don't. now i don't care about the bar experience anymore yeah same i think if i'm going to a bar now it's every once in a while, maybe once a month on a weekend to hang out with some friends in non COVID times. I haven't been to a bar since 2019, but I think if you're going to go to a bar, it's going to be for some sort of a, of a, of an atmosphere with your friends and, or like you're going to watch a sports game or yeah, like karaoke I go for like, or something like that. Yeah. We go for like celebrations and stuff. Yeah. And then we go for like, like you're saying, like there's days where I just want to go sit at a sports bar and I, I just want to sit there and just watch games all day. But yep. I'm like, but that's like the whole experience is like, when I'm doing that, I'm going with five or six other dudes. We're sitting there, we're eating the whole day. So it's like, I'm just going in there planning to spend a hundred dollars and I'm treating it like I'm going to a game. Yeah. Whereas sure. like, but especially like for us, like we, especially like beers, like on this podcast, like we'll spend a little bit extra on these beers, but also I know full well, if I was going to buy this beer at a restaurant, this was like a $7 beer. If I paid, oh, yeah. if I bought that same shit at a restaurant, it's going to be $21. Yep. Which again, like we, I, we both worked in the restaurant industry. Like we both get it, but like for, especially for the people who are like, like Dane, like he drinks Bud Light, Coors Light. That's what he drinks. There's no value in no. drinking out of the house. Dude, you can go well to a chug half a bottle of fucking vodka before he goes to the bar and hope yes. not spend a dime. Yes. That's like the best case for him. Like you go to the bar. I can, I can go right now Mm. to my local jewel Osco and I can buy a fucking 30 rack of bush light for 12 bucks. Or I can go to most bars around me and it's $5 a can for bush light. God, that makes me want to throw up. You're paying 
Push light should be like that's a fucking dollar fifty a can. Yeah, that shit's all for like five bucks a can. That's literally if you were to drink thirty. So say you're having a great night and you just keep going. You drink thirty. That's one hundred fifty bucks, not counting tip, not counting sales tax. With sales tax for me with that Bush Light, I'm paying fifteen bucks probably. It is yeah. a literal ten percent markup or a ten times markup to drink out in public. It's it's a big reason why I hate doing it. Yep. I don't, My exception I don't to that is margaritas. Know. I will I will pay extra for a margarita because I don't feel like going and buying all of the ingredients to have like one or two margaritas. You'd be surprised at how simplistic the ingredients are for a margarita, by the way. I know how simplistic they are. I'm just that lazy. Yeah, that's I don't. Fair. Well, especially because like when I drink a lot of the times, if I'm doing like mixed drinks, like a lot of the time it's just vodka soda or vodka and like lemonade or Red Bull. And then if it's yeah. like whiskey and Coke, Diet Coke. Dude, speaking of, talk about the fucking absurd markups on energy drinks. Like if you're buying a Red Bull yeah. vodka, it makes me want to throw up. How like 12 bucks for, for the Red Bull, 12 bucks for it. It I'm like, is mm, no. gross how much you'll pay for a Red Bull vodka. So I stopped ordering them. I realized how much I was paying. I was like, the 95 yeah. milligrams of caffeine in this are not worth it. I was like, I'll get an Irish coffee. It's, I'll pay way less. <laughs> I get just yeah. as much caffeine. Yeah, dude. But like, wild. like you can see, like a lot of that stuff, like the Evan Williams right there, the one that I'm pointing at, that Evan Williams white label, one of the best bourbons I've had, sixteen dollars a bottle. Yep. Buffalo Trace, if you can find it, twenty five to thirty dollars a bottle. Pink you Whitney by New Amsterdam. If you like pink lemonade, and you just you can just mix that with sparkling water, and it takes like you're drinking like a like a carbonated pink lemonade vodka. Nine ninety nine. Like I don't have to spend a lot of money to get drunk and there's no reason I should go out to a bar and do it. I'm then have to pay the Uber home. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing to me is like the one place that really gets me. And, and uh, I bet you can probably guess in like maybe one to two guesses, like the one place where I'll go and willingly spend more money because they have the additional attractions to me that make me want to go there uh, for, for the booze and, or, and the food. So they serve both, but I'll, I'll you can take a crack at a guess at that music festival uh that's true too uh, i will spend an inflated amount so music festival is like not a bar restaurant right like but i will pay the inflated price at those places just because you're there is a lot more that goes into it than just the regular bar experience but the one place that i'll go bar and restaurant and i will spend stupid amounts of money because they fucking appeal to the inner child in me dave and buster's Oh yeah, like arcade bars. Dave and Buster's gets me all the time. There's a great arcade bar in Iowa called Uptown in Des Moines. They'll get me every time too. I love going there. There's a place here called Cobra Arcade that started off maybe in 2018, I believe, if not into 2019, that they just started. And they're a little still overpressing their hype, in my opinion. Mm. Their prices are still a little too inflated for me to want to go there, but I love the concept and I think it's great. And I love places where they have games, beer, and food involved. Yeah. You're gonna get me. Like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm I'm, victim. I'm the same way. I really like like even super simple stuff. So there's this place um in Logan Square in Chicago called Park and Field. And they have like a special room. Um it's been a few years since I've went, but like even just having like board games and shit there for people to play yeah. with like little things like that you got me i'm in you went to a place in san diego and i'm gonna blank on the name but it was some fucking like white trash bar there's <laughs> like something like that and they had like literally like a, an actual like trailer in this bar <laughs> it was kind of funny they, and they served Park like and tater tots that. and shit Park but and they Field had has a, that outside on their patio it's like an outdoor bar for them 
Yeah, they had a Super Nintendo in there that we were playing, and it was That's like fucking lit. You appeal to me, man. Like I get it. Like I love that shit. So yeah, that bar was just fun in general. I, I would definitely go back there. But we went to a place in Nashville that was like it. I want to say the place is called Rebar, um, but it's the same thing. It's so inside. It's an it's like an arcade with every game you can think of. If you can think of it as a bot, as like a box arcade game, they have it. But also outside, they had cornhole. They had Yep. Um, we call it testicle toss. Most people call it like ladder golf. Um, it's like, it's, um, so it's like normally made out of PVC pipes, but there they had it made out of metal pipes. So oh, it's, I know what you're talking it's about. up yep. here and yep. then it's three yep. bars and then it's yep. one, two, or three points. Um, I've ever called that anything. <laughs> yeah. For, I don't know why. But testicle my, toss is pretty funny. Yeah, we, it was, it was called testicle toss for us when we grew up, but they had that, they had, um, they had a bunch of like different games outside too. So it was like, you got a little bit of everything. And they allowed you to bring in outside food and there was hot dog carts yeah. like on the whole street when you're on your yeah. way in. So you like drunkenly get like three hot dogs for a dollar a piece. And then you yeah. walk to this bar. Oh my, like you can't beat that. Like I that- just looked it up by the way. And the place in San Diego is called trailer park after dark, which was fantastic. And That's I we, we definitely enjoyed that experience, but it's funny because they have the price listed on here and the price range as an average of 11 to $30. And I think they only serve apps. So like you're, like you're paying a premium to go to a place like this, but yeah. it was, we had a lot of fun there. It was super interesting. Like the first picture that pulls up on Google is this fucking camper trailer thing that's in their bar. So it's like, it was a super unique atmosphere and, and we really enjoyed uh, going there. But at the same time, it's like, man, it's a, it's a one in a every once in a while type of thing. Yeah. So I pulled up rebar and they have multiple locations, but like at this one location, they've got uh, eight dart boards. They've got multiple pool tables, which are only a dollar a game. They have a Jello shot Jenga that you, it's $20 to play. And they put a random of the random of the Jenga things. They put Jello shots in. So as you're playing, like you may pull one out and you have to take a job, like little nice. shit like that. Yeah. Like you incorporate fun into drinking and I'm so much more into it. I'll pay yep. extra for it. But like, yeah, if I'm just going to like the local bar, like, especially around us. So like Naperville is like one of the, the fancier towns near us and going out there. Like I have to be prepared to spend a hundred dollars to go out there. And yeah, I don't I like spending my money like that. I've gone out in your area just because of where my dad lives. And it's been like, you're not paying for much of an experience where my dad lives. Let me tell you. Yeah, you're, no, going you're, to not. Just, you're going because you want to be at a bar. You're not gaining much additional like atmosphere or anything else. It's kind of like a bunch of fucking hole in the walls where you're just like, all right, I'm at a bar, you know? Yeah. So you're not much fucking to, to O'Charlie's in Joliet or you're at fucking Stella's. Oh, Stella's. Oh, what yeah. a what a place. The only place like in that area that I kind of like is Embers, but that's just because they make really good burgers. Yeah. They had some restaurant pop up the last time I was out there to see you guys and my uh to go to that festival. We went to some burger place out there that was okay, but it's not that there's nothing in that area specifically around my dad's place yeah. that interests me. It's all kind of just like oh, yeah, okay. it's all everything that you can get pretty much anywhere else. Yep which sometimes worse. (laughs) It is what it is. It's, it's a place, but again, like that was the thing that like, I just really wanted to talk about with somebody else because it's normally just me and Jess always bitching about how expensive stuff is. Like we went to this place in like a a couple towns over from us. It's called like next whiskey bar or new whiskey bar or something. And it was like, I'm looking at their whiskey menu and I'm like, 
holy fuck. I'm like, I have a bottle of that at home for the same price as the one two ounce pour is. Yeah. It's absurd, man. And I'm, I think the older you get, and especially as you become, you know, you get married or don't get married, but you just have more adult friends and you guys are doing more. It's weird how you go through this like life cycle where you're too young to go to the bars. So you have house parties and you're old enough to go to the bars or you have a fake ID. So you go to the bars and then you age out of the bars. And you want to go back to the house party, like just or not yeah. even a house party, but just kind of. I like would rather drink at a house, at house and play drinking games than go out any day of the week. Yeah, same. Agreed. I, like you, you, Jess, Carly, and I could sit at your house, play fucking random card games, and just get drunk off of a case of beer. And yep. I will have infinitely more fun doing that than exploring, you know, the downtown where you live. Yeah, I think the only caveat I'd put there is like everything's fun once, right? So like going and exploring a downtown in a new city yeah. is typically worth it one time. Yeah. For but sure. I think on average, you're going to benefit more and have more fun doing, doing that at home thing. Yeah. But like, I think that's a really great way to kind of wrap up the conversation too, is the, the point that like everything's fun once, like, don't get me wrong. Every, like one time I went to a restaurant, I spent $20 on a drink and I was like, that was worth it. Yep. And there's, when I went to Nashville, I went to Nashville for like two, three days. That short little burst of it was great. It, you know, going to downtown Nashville. But I said from that trip, I was like, I could not live here. I yeah. cannot deal with Broadway every single day of my fucking life. I can't do it. It's, it's too much. And like, there's especially like us, you know, like really meeting you guys for the first time, like, uh, especially like really meeting Carly for the first time. You yep. really meeting like Jess and I for longer than like a couple of days the first yep. time, like we're just naturally going to find a lot of shit to do that just because yep. we have so many common interests. Like we don't need to spend our time, you know, going to downtown or like going up to, you know, like another, you know, there's a big town a couple hours North of you. Like we don't have to spend our time going up there. Like that's just not uh, super appealing to us. And that's the thing that yeah. I could do whenever I wanted to, like, if I just I will say, if it was non COVID times, we would do all of those things that you just mentioned at least once. Yeah. Like we would explore the downtown in my town and probably go up North once because yeah. it is like the atmospheres are completely different and they're both right. very unique and fun. So I think we would do both of them once, but again, like I don't think you are sacrificing on your experience by not. And, and that's what I'm saying is like, I like going out and just like hanging out with you guys and like seeing like what you guys are all about and just like being around, you know, friends, like we talked about earlier, like just yep. being around good friends, like, that's enough for me that I don't feel like I'm wasting my time to yep. fly across the country yep. and spend a week with you guys. Like, it's yeah. just, it's, it's not, be a good time. I don't need all of that extra bullshit that goes on with it to be. We have tons happy. of things that are very COVID friendly yeah. to still do. We have a very long list in the sure iPhones though. Yeah, sure do. Oh, man. All right, man. Well, that was a great topic. I think we both did a good job of kind of like combining those last two to make this fit uh, to kind of end the last minute here since we spent so much time on our first topics, but yeah, great topics, man. This has been another exciting episode of two average husbands. Please continue to, like I said, I'm going to keep throwing this out at every single episode, like shout out in the social media spaces and on YouTube comments or whatever, give us topics, give us things you want to hear, give us uh, some input into the things that, uh, are going to make this a better experience for the, for the listener as well. Uh, and then also continue because I just said that to follow us on the at two, at two ABG husbands on Twitter and Instagram, uh, as well as two average husbands on YouTube. And now we are on Spotify and iTunes as well. So please continue to, to follow us and support us. And thanks for everything that everybody has done in terms of support and everything so far. It's been great. Yeah. Kyle kind of said it perfectly there. Just, you know, any, any of the extra support that we get always helps, you know, any of those likes, those retweets, those, those shares, those favorites, 
Um, you know, just giving us a like on YouTube, leaving a comment, like all of that little stuff helps us grow. You know, we've been growing, I think at a pretty decent rate for two random shitheads who just have a couple beers and talk for, you know, an hour and a half. Um, you know, at, at all, all those times, like we text each other, we're like, Hey, we got a new subscriber. We got some new yeah. views here. Like, and yeah. all that little shit's so cool to us. So just any of that extra support that you guys give, it, it means the world to both of us. And I know that we both really appreciate it putting it, you know, putting together a podcast, a lot more work than I think either of us realized when we started here. Um, and it just kind of makes all that little extra effort worth it. So we appreciate it, but yeah, unfortunately we'll, we didn't do this episode live, but we have really appreciated the the live interaction that we had on the yeah, last two episodes. It's been, it's been a ton of fun for us to try to have some of that live interaction and definitely contributes to the conversation and like message loudly heard that you guys enjoyed having Dane on the podcast last time as well. Yes. Like obviously like our viewership was pretty high for that as well. And so we'll continue to try to bring him back and have some, some more conversations and story time with him as well. Definitely. Yeah. But we, as always, we appreciate all the support guys. And I thank you all for coming and checking us out. This has been another episode of two average husbands, and we will see y'all next week. See you guys.